21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame online wager required. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Patriots First and Goal. Bye week is over. We all had a wonderful week off from watching Mac Jones throw interceptions. I am rested. (laughs) I am ready to come into Thanksgiving week, the best holiday of the year, in my opinion. Rich Hill, how are you, buddy? You uh, you recovered from the bye week? You good? Oh, man. Uh, Ready for this home stretch of this season. There's a lot of of narratives going on with the Patriots, Uh, not ones that we're used to, but at least it's going to be an exciting stretch for the Patriots. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, my man. Happy uh, butt fumble anniversary to you. We are coming at uh, you on the anniversary of the butt fumble, November 27, celebrate. 2012. Of all the things to not be thankful for in Patriots Nation in 2023, we will always have Mark Sanchez, Vince Wilfork, Brandon Moore, and Steve Gregory. 
and that beautiful, beautiful play. So happy it's Thanksgiving. Well worth eating the turkey leg afterwards. Oh, it's an amazing, amazing moment. No matter how bad it gets, it's never going to get that bad. But it's still pretty bad, Rich Hill, because <laughs> we are into week 12 of the NFL. And yep. usually around this time of year, we're talking about various playoff clinching scenarios, various tiebreaker scenarios. And the scenario on everyone's mind this week is Patriots playing the Giants. There's a potential top two draft pick for the loser yep. of this game. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. Let's talk about first and goal. Uh, I know we had, we, had, we had a week off last week from the bye, but let's really quickly, if you want, we can do first and goal, break down whatever the hell we watched against the Colts. Just atrocious Mac Jones play. One of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. He was benched. I've never been in a scenario in my life, Rich, maybe you have, where your team is down by four with like a minute and a half left and the backup comes in and you're excited about it. Usually the backup comes in <laughs> under two minutes. He's kneeling down three times. But he had a chance to win it, and he fake spiked in the triple coverage, which I think was a beautiful, beautiful way to end that game. There's nothing better than watching that last drive to really reinforce where we are this season because Bailey Zappi just speed ran, losing his opportunity to get the starting job. Like, if he had come out and just let a competent drive, they didn't even have to score. If it just looked like, oh, they got into the red zone, like, okay, like, you know what? We'll turn the keys over. Mac Jones was deservedly benched. You know, it's not that different between him and Zappy, but like it's time for a change. But for Zappy to go in there and make just as bad of a decision at quarterback as whatever we've seen from Mac Jones this year really reinforced the, huh, there's no one driving this bus, huh? <laughs> we don't have any other options. And so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Mac Jones again next week, but it, it was probably one of the most atrocious displays I've ever seen from a Patriots quarterback in recent memory. I mean, 10 to 6. I mean, I that we may have set international relations back 20 years with that game. <laughs> Germany cannot be happy with us. It's just an absolute <laughs> brutal display. The good thing is it was over by 1230 and I could get out on my weekend. Um, I will say this, though, Rich, I don't know about you, but like when Bailey Zappi came in, at least I, I found that to be an objectively enjoyable yeah. like, half football. Like, I enjoyed myself. He had a couple of good completions early on. Totally. Like, maybe he's got something going here. Uh, I admire the moxie of the fake spike. But like <laughs> I think I think Rich Eisen, he called it. He threw it into a Colts team meeting, which I think is a perfect <laughs> example. There were three of them there. I don't know where he was going. I don't think anybody else on the offense knew he was doing that. No clue. Uh, but – that's all right. Were there any, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this, this disaster of a game, but I, I think there were some bright spots. The running totally. game was pretty good. Um, good. I thought Demario Douglas had a pretty solid game. So, yay, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean, like it reinforced that which we already knew, that they have a find in Demarius Douglas. Put him in a good offense. I see him being a productive receiver in the NFL. Obviously, don't know what his ceiling can be because it's been just an overall terrible offensive unit that he's been performing in but what we continue to see Patriots offensive line one of the worst in the league obviously dealing with injuries up and down but uh I think by all metrics they are a bottom two or three unit in the entire NFL we had a couple bright spots you know where they thought they might pull it together but this is still a bottom unit um we saw these figures I think Zach Cox tweeted this out um, about how the Patriots wide receivers have the lowest amount of separation in the entire league. Um, so we have no time provided by the offensive line. We have no separation generated by the wide receivers. So while Mac Jones has himself been just bad, making bad decisions, he has no technique. It's completely gone. He's shattered. There is still no excuse 
for his decision to throw off of his back foot on that final interception and just completely miss his receiver by 20 yards. Like, there's no excuse for that. Still, everything else is bad on offense other than maybe Demario Douglas and the fact that the offensive rushing attack looked pretty okay and it wasn't one of those, like, the Colts are going to try and let them run the ball. So I, I think that there are some things that we can take from it. No, I think there are two. And again, I think that's what it's been all about since about the Saints game. Honestly, I felt like, all right, this season's pretty much over. Let's find the bright spots. Let's see what they do well. Who's worth keeping around next year with their massive amounts of cap space? I do think it's weird, though. I'm not enough a student of the game to know exactly why this is, but why the Patriots offensive line can be so bad on passing downs and good at running downs. I know you're, you're you're charging forward and you're trying to like open up gaps versus like protecting and, and reacting, but it's very weird to me that you can run for 165 yards, whatever it is rushing, um, and then you can just give up so many so many pressures and sacks in the passing game. But uh, it makes me interested as to when we start talking about the draft in earnest, whether a quarterback is the way to go or maybe you go franchise left tackle with that number yeah. two, number three overall pick. Um, but again, that's a that's more of an off season conversation, Rich. I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about with this Colts game, um, but it was a long time ago, and I haven't really thought about it since, so I'm kind of rusty <laughs> on the stats. No, thankfully. I mean, I think the the last thought is that uh, the defense did a fine job. I think that is something that we can say they did a good job on. The offense was no help whatsoever. Uh, this has been, I believe, the, the offense has been uh, the sum of the least productive, but the defense did their job. Like, it's not easy to hold an NFL team to 10 or fewer points, especially one that, like, has a lot of talent. Michael Pittman is a good wide receiver. Gardner Minshew is, like, not a great quarterback, but this is a competent offense. And so for them to hold them to 10 points, they did their job. All injuries included into this. So I just want to give one tip of the cap, one little bit of positive, one flower to the Patriots defense. All right. Uh, for the record, I hate to, have to say this optimistically, but Gardner Minshew is a free agent in 2024. No, 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 no. Go with Mac Jones again. Gardner Minshew brings nothing to the table. All right. Well, I guess we'll, we'll argue about that in the offseason, Rich. Um, so let's do set for let's switch up. But second and goal, um, where do the Patriots go from here for the rest yeah. of the season? The season's obviously over. I mean, they're not mathematically eliminated, but there's just zero chance. I think they have a 1% chance of making the playoffs. Although I do, I did read somewhere there, unfortunately, they'd be eliminated from clinching the number one overall seed in the AFC if they lose against the Giants next week, I'm sorry to say. But like, where do the Patriots go from here in terms of evaluating talent? Do you put, you know, is, is the people that are screaming for Kayshawn Boutte and like the younger guys, do you see them getting more reps? Obviously, Belichick's not going to be baiting anything other than tight lip. No one knows who's going to start on Sunday against the Giants. Like, what are you doing for these last kind of six, seven games of the season? Yeah, honestly, it's one of those circumstances that feels very reminiscent of the 2009 Patriots where Belichick was like, I can't get these players to do what I need them to do. And it led to one of the most dominant runs of the NFL's history. And obviously, they had Tom Brady. They don't have him right now. But... uh that unit was able to overcome a lot of things because they had existing talent on the roster. But we have to remember, they transformed pretty much across the board at that point. Like, obviously, quarterback is the most important part of the equation, but they reinvented themselves. Around that point, they brought in that two tight end set. They started drafting a lot of talent. You know, that was roughly around the time they brought in the Devin McCourty, Nate Solder, Dante Hightower, Chandler Jones, Jamie Collins. Like, that 2010 to 2013 run of draft picks 
really cemented the Patriots' di- like second dynasty run. And I think that's where they currently sit right now. On defense, they have talent. They have players that they've grown at home that would be good to extend, like Kyle Duggar is someone that they should extend. Miles Bryant is someone that they should extend. Anthony Jennings is someone that they should extend. They have players out there that have done a good job when they've been given the opportunities. Miles Bryant, I know, has uh, kind of a bit of a firebrand within the Patriots fandom, but he's done a good job in hard situations, and he's been doing pretty well this year. So they have players that can really continue that this defense uh, could be a good unit. What they really need to do is reinvent the entire offense. They need to spend on that offensive line because it is atrocious, whether it's bringing back Michael and Wainu, who is a free agent, uh, whether it's you know bringing back Trent Brown or just deciding that this isn't the answer and needing to actually invest in whatever free agents they can bring in. They're not really going to get that much better than Trent Brown in free agency, so it's worth retaining him due to that level of familiarity. But what they need to do is figure out how are they going to improve on offense beyond just the quarterback? Because as we talked about, one of the worst offensive lines in the league, one of the least receiving units in the league, Trent Brown, Mike Gusecki are free agents. You don't need to bring them back. Like that's not what is going to be productive at wide receiver. Would love for Kendrick Bourne to come back, but coming off of a season ending injury, not a great situation for him to return. Juju Smith-Schuster and, and Devontae Parker, if you can move on from them, so be it but they just haven't been productive. They haven't been parts of this offense. They need to find a way to revitalize this entire offensive unit. They need to get an influx of talent. What they did back in 2010 with, you know, drafting Rob Gronkowski, you can't always draft the greatest, most capable tight end of all time, but they need to find a way to bring in actual talents on offense. And they've done it before. Speaking of talent on offense, Rich, I don't know what the odds of this are because he's German and Germany and U.S. are no longer speaking to each other, courtesy of Pat's Colts. But Jakob Johnson, now a free agent, the old fullback. Yeah, I'd love to bring him back. Why not? Why not? Just like get something there. Like if your passing game isn't going to do anything, the running game had some semblance of capability against the Colts. Bring Jakob back. Why not? Again, he's German. He might not be speaking to us anymore based on himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is. We're kind of just, we're kind of, I treat each each week almost like a little mini tryout for next year. Uh, I'd love to see just more young guys, more rookies getting reps because why not? Let's see Keon White get back on the field. Another really, really fun stat I like. You know who leads the Patriots in sacks this season? Any idea? Is it still Judon? Don't tell yes. me it's still Judon. It is still uh, Judon with, with four. Four sacks is our sack leader for, for the Patriots. Ugly. So. Get the young defensive linemen some chances. Let's just see what happens. Let's see how far we can go with this. Am I in on the tank or am I out on the tank? That's the real question because past Giants are coming up with huge draft pick implications. We're going to break that down on third and goal coming right up. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide variety of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. 
Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, Rich. Third and goal. Patriots Giants. Three and eight or three versus two and eight, I believe, are the records. The Giants are an interesting franchise. They just took out the Washington Commanders, led by Tommy DeVito as New York, New York Italian as you could possibly get. <laughs> he, he's a walking stereotype, and I mean that in the most loving, affectionate way possible. It's kind of hard not to root for this kid. Still living at home, living his dream. <laughs> Patriots are not so much in the same position in terms of living their dream, but this is a matchup that I think is really exciting in a, whoever wins this has a tiebreaker over a probably top two draft pick. Uh, And B I just think it's, it's, there's a lot of just fun to be had in that there's going to be a very legitimate chance, Rich, that whoever's going to the game on Sunday, you're going to be in a giants Jersey rooting for every Patriots touchdown and you're going to be in a Patriots jersey rooting for every Giants touchdown. And I can see fights <laughs> breaking out in the stands over other teams when their own team does well. And that's a lot of fun to me. So how are you feeling about this game? I know you're in on the tank. I will I will revert. Totally. I'm also in on the tank. But I imagine you're rooting for the Giants in this one. Yeah, this game is darkly funny, right? It's one of those things where uh, I think that the Giants, they obviously overperformed last year. They won they were like seven and one in one score game. It was something preposterous and unsustainable. They're definitely regressing to the mean this year and kind of overdoing so. But they do have some talent, right? I mean, Saquon Barkley, good running back. Darius Slayton, Wandale Robinson, J- Jalen Hyatt, really good receivers in my mind. Very young, but have a lot of upside. Darren Waller, one of the most athletic receiving tight ends in the entire league. Their biggest limitation is at quarterback. Uh, Daniel Jones has been who they thought they were. Um, And so they don't have a lot going on for them purely due to their limitation at quarterback on defense. They have a lot of talent too, that I actually really like Dexter Lawrence, one of the best uh, defensive linemen in the entire league. Uh, They have some pretty good linebackers out there. This is a young team. It's an ascending team. They had higher expectations and they're underwhelming this year. I think that they are in a different stage of their rebuild than the Patriots are. Unfortunately, I think that they've landed a few bit more. And so this is a matchup that I'm actually excited to see. I, I think that uh, the Patriots answered a lot of questions in, a, in the negative, but they answered a lot of questions over the past two weeks with their losses against the commanders and the Colts as to where do they stand within the hierarchy of the league. And I think that they have resoundedly answered that they are a bottom two to three unit in the entire <laughs> league. And maybe the Giants are cut above them. So I guess we'll start there, Rich, breaking down the Giants' defense against the Patriots' offense. I I think it's a little difficult to break down between you and I because I think you seem to be of the impression that Mac Jones will be starting on Sunday. Bill Belichick hasn't made an announcement one way or another. I tend to agree with you. I think Mac Jones is probably the guy going forward. If for no other reason than Bailey Zappi kind of got his shot, as you talked about, on first and goal. And he couldn't couldn't have done worse in terms of just overall decision-making. Uh, and I, I just don't see I don't see Bill Belichick embracing the tank the way that you are perhaps embracing a tank. He's going to want to put his best guy out there. Totally. And it's probably Mac Jones for the rest of the year, unless he does something just so unbelievably egregious that there's just no way to justify keeping him in there. Yeah, I mean, like, Mac Jones was getting first-team reps the week following the Colts game. They are trotting him out to the media this week ahead of the Giants. They are treating him still as if he is the starting quarterback. Could that change? Could it be a Saturday thing? Could it be a, at the end of the week, the coaches say, 
based off of this week's practice, we think so-and-so should be the starting quarterback and Mac Jones is going to be the QB three. Like there's no chance that he can uh, be the backup. That would just be pointless. That would just, that just wouldn't make sense. Um, So like there is still that chance, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just let him ride it out for the rest of the year. They, They don't have a better option. Like, obviously we don't know what they have, but like, We've seen enough Bailey Zappi outside of, you know, catching fire with the Lions and Browns games. Like, he's been very sub-mediocre in every other attempt that he's gotten. And obviously, hasn't been given a chance to get into a rhythm, but very underwhelming. And you're going against this New York Giants team that has a very good uh, defensive front. Kayvon Thibodeau, 10 and a half sacks so far. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, one of the best nose tackles in the league. 17 quarterback hits, leading the, the Giants team on there. So, they have really good blue chip players in their defensive front. So are they going to give the Patriots uh, going to wreak havoc up front? I think so. I think so. I, I like some of the other players that they have uh, on their defensive front. We'll see like who's available, but like overall, this is a talented defense. This There's a lot of talented defensive players here that maybe they haven't all like pulled it together. Uh, like Isaiah Simmons, Ashawn Robinson have like underwhelmed over the course of their careers, but like, they're very high athletic players out here. They obviously uh, got rocked two weeks ago against the Cowboys. Like, what team hasn't done that? But outside of that game, they've been pretty okay. Like, obviously, they they held the Bills to 14 points, Jets uh, to 13, Commanders to 7 and 19. Like, they've had some pretty good outings in a row. They started off on the really rough foot, and that kind of is skewing them downwards over the course of the entire season. But in general, they've been pretty solid against okay competition recently so i think that the patriots are going to have their hands full i don't think that they're going to have the same level of success running the ball against the giants that they did against the colts um i know that the colts uh have you know a couple of strong defensive front players as well but dexter lawrence is the best nose tackle in the league patriots aren't gonna get a lot uh up the middle there and so um I, i think that the patriots are uh gonna have to throw the ball We'll see how it goes. If I were to highlight one of like the weak points of the the Giants, it would be that their secondary isn't as elite as all of their other players. But I've never felt comfortable staking the Patriots' reputation and success on the passing game, and I'm not going to start now. I can't say I blame you, my friend. Maybe this is a uh, a big Devontae Parker game. Maybe he comes back and catches a couple of deep ones. I just want to see some creativity from the offense. Uh, I'm, I'm sick of run for no gain. Shotgun delayed draw on second and 15, incompletion on third and 14 punt. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very sick of that. And if it doesn't work, who cares? Want to throw a double reverse kind of flea flicker? Who cares? Rock on. Go for it. Um, so my off- my offensive X factor is going to be Bill O'Brien. Let's open the playbook up. Let's see what you got. Everyone's trying out now. I don't care if throwing the ball. Let's just see some kind of cool plays that aren't just the same ones that haven't been working all season. It's weird to me. They've been able to make very few adjustments. It must be a personnel yeah. thing. They just don't have the talent to really alter the playbook the way they'd hope to. Um, so maybe they're like, you know what? We're out of it. Let's just get creative. Let's make some, let's see what, what plays work for next year. If we get like a better player in the X slot, or if we get a better Z receiver, this play will work really well. It failed spectacularly here because Taekwon Thornton dropped it, but who cares? Let's give it a <laughs> shot. Bill O'Brien, throw me something fun. Yeah, man. I mean, it's one of those where, you know, Patriots are failing as a team on offense, right? It's it's not any one person's not fault. Um, Mac Jones is failing. The offensive line is failing. The receivers are failing. Bill O'Brien's failing. It's one of those circumstances where uh, I think that the playbook, like the concepts do make sense. But if it's not working, if opposing defenses are having no problem stopping them, 
then maybe it's not a good concept. Like maybe it theoretically makes sense in the theory of football schemedom. It makes sense that this play sets up that play because, you know, you've ran it twice and then it makes the defender think that it's going to be a comeback route. And instead you run a go, ha ha. Like maybe it works that way, but if it's not working, if it's not being successful, then perhaps it's an oversimplistic offense that defenses aren't feeling threatened by, not just because the personnel aren't doing it, but because it's predictable, it's unsophisticated, and you're not using like modern football techniques as much as you could or should, uh, especially when you look at how other young quarterbacks have had a lot of success uh, based off of a scheme setting them up that way. So uh, I, I think that my X factor obviously is going to be literally everyone uh, mm-hmm. on offense. I can't go wrong. Uh, I have to, I have to be right at least on one of them. Um, my, my X factor, uh, and, and don't stop me on this one, my X factor is that uh, we need six players on offense to look good. Six players to look good. Uh, if we even want to do an over-under, I don't know how many games this year we could say that more than like three players on offense have looked good. Uh, Demario Douglas, generally one of them every single time. Uh, Michael Inwenu, another one. Yeah, You got to have, maybe I'll even lower it, five players on offense <laughs> look good. And then the Patriots will put up 17 points and they'll have a chance to win this game. They need to have at least five players look NFL caliber. I don't care which five. There just has to be five that look like they deserve to be in the NFL, and maybe the Patriots can pull this off on offense. So you think 17 points might be enough to get them a win for this one? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that the Patriots defense uh, is doing it. I mean, you look at the only other team in the league that is uh, as bad as the Patriots on offense is the Giants. You know, Patriots rank 31st with 14.1 points per game. Giants rank 32nd at 13.5. It's the only one that's marginally worse than the Patriots. They they put up 31 points against the Commanders, sure. The last time they scored more than uh, 17 points, and the only other time they scored more than 17 points was week two against the Cardinals, the uh, projected like second overall pick team. So uh, they're not good. They are bad on offense. And so this is one of those circumstances where if the Patriots can hold them to or can score 17, they'll be in position to win this game. Well, that's a good transition to fourth and goal, Rich Hill. Patriots defense versus Giants offense. If you haven't seen Tommy DeVito play, get ready to live. Hard not to. (laughs) I I just, I I really, I'm really enjoying the narrative. In an NFL year that I think is just pretty lousy overall, and you look at who all 32 starting quarterbacks were in September, how many are actually still standing? It's like half of them, if that. But you get guys like Sam Howell, and you get guys like Josh Dobbs, doing things and you get yep. guys like Tommy DeVito. That's why we watch sports. Um, I remember that number in, in 2000 and was it 18? It was like, it was Tom Brady, Nick Foles, Blake Bortles, and like yep. Kirk Cousins in the AFC yep. championship games. I think we're, we're yep. headed very close to like gonna be Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, Sam Howell. You know, it's gonna be a very weird final <laughs> four in the NFL this year. Um, but Again, Tommy DeVito, not a, a world beater by any means. So the Patriots nope. should be able to, to have a pretty good day against them. Uh, I imagine if the Giants are going to win this game, it's probably going to be on the ground, right? Um, maybe. I, it's one where it's like you uh, – they haven't been good really on offense. Um, and, like, it's one where – I mean, with Saquon, Saquon Barkley, that, like, is the biggest name in why they might have success on the ground. But it's one where also their offensive line is in really bad shape. They're uh, averaging four yards per carry. They rank 22nd in the league on the ground. So it's like 
they're not a dominant ground game. It's not like they've been carried by their offense uh, or their offense has been carried by their run game. They've been very mediocre. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily say like they have to win via the ground in order to be successful. Um, I, I think it's just one of those spaces where like, I wouldn't be surprised if they had success. Um, but I, I think where if they are going to win this game, it'll be because they have wide receivers take over. And uh, they are kind of structured in a way that is reminiscent of what the Patriots were trying to do a few years ago, where they're like, we don't have a true number one wide receiver, but we have like five number two options. And that can be enough to create a mismatch. And if we have a smart enough quarterback, we can distribute to the right receiver and be able to move the chains on long, long methodical drives. And you look at their wide receivers, um, looking last week, Wandale Robinson, Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, a litany of wide receiver twos and threes out there. Um, and like young players with potential upside. They haven't been great by any measures, but you know, Tommy DeVito, 246 yards and three touchdowns last week, but also nine sacks, nine sacks. Um, so if, if I'm the Patriots, I'm not going to sell out to stop Saquon. I'm going to try and stop Tommy DeVito. You know, Steve Belichick is going to have to, you know, make sure that Tommy DeVito doesn't get into a rhythm because that's what he did in general against Washington. He picked up some big chunk plays. He had four different receivers to have a 20 plus yard gain, uh, including Saquon Barkley on the ground. So he was distributing um, and he was finding all these different receivers. And so Steve Belichick has to try and confuse him. Still remains to be seen who will be available on the Patriots defense. Um, We didn't even talk about this. Patriots released Jack Jones. So uh, we will see who is available in the secondary. We don't know what the status is for JC Jackson with the Patriots either. So Patriots secondary could be extraordinarily thin coming into this game. And so Patriots will have to mask that unless they decide to do a, you know, three safety set out there. Maybe Jalen Mills will play a lot more out there to be determined. Um, but there's just enough question marks on this Patriots secondary that uh, I wouldn't feel safe selling out to stop the run because there's not going to be a mismatch to be had or a favorable matchup for the Patriots secondary. So are you, uh, I guess if you were a Giants fan and you were assumingly rooting for your team to win, which I know is a discussion we're going to have in a minute, um, <laughs> are, are, you, are you pretty confident in, in Tommy DeVito's ability to carve up this Bill Belichick-led defense? No. Well, Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you get the Tommy DeVito that threw for 86 yards against the Dallas Cowboys two weeks ago. And you have the one that went for 246 against uh, Washington. It's a mix and match. He's obviously not a great quarterback. He is their third string quarterback trying to make the most of a bad situation. So he isn't going to be a world beater. Is he capable? Marginally. But where the Patriots have typically frustrated fans is how they approach these exact quarterbacks like Tommy DeVito. The amount of times, you know, Bill Belichick has a great track record against quarterbacks in their like first or second years of being a starter. But those games always feel infuriatingly close because the Patriots play pretty simplistic defenses and try to capitalize on whatever mistakes those young quarterbacks might make. This is like the quintessential challenge them to lead 10 plus play drives. And we don't think these young and experienced and, you know, low caliber quarterbacks will be able to do in recent years. It feels like quarterbacks have been rising to that challenge time and time again, because they're good enough. These days, the schemes are good enough that it's pretty easy to find the the right receiver. If the defense isn't going to try and disguise or challenge. And so 
How are the Patriots going to do that? How are they going to approach it? Jabril Peppers, the Patriots' safeties are going to be my X factor. I think that's where a lot of the Patriots' strength lies right now. And that's where their uh, complexity disguises their ability to confuse Tommy DeVito will lay. Like, will they drop into coverage? Will they help stop the run? That's where a lot of their flexibility lies. It remains to see, like, who will really rise to the occasion. Can they force a turnover or not? Can they force a few interceptions um, or, you know, really stifle them on third down? to be determined, but I think if the Patriots safety group comes out, has a strong day, they are the blue chip players on the roster. They have to stand out for the Patriots to kind of disrupt Tommy DeVito and make sure that he doesn't get into a rhythm that I kind of feel like the Patriots might set him up to do. I just don't want to see any more 25-yard gains on third and 24. Uh, That happens way more than this should. It's been happening for a while. I think the Patriots are really bad at having a quarterback dead to rights in the backfield and he scrambles around and picks up a massive gain on third and forever. It's really frustrating to see. And Tommy DeVito isn't like a complete statue back there. I wouldn't call him a kind of mobile machine, but uh, if he starts kind of running around in the backfield and throwing these long long completions i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. lose it Rachel. that's why i'm going with a uh, kind of josh uche slash anthony jennings in my x-factor yeah. somebody has to sack the quarterback matthew judon has been on ir for months and he's still the sack leader this has to change it's insane that that's still a thing someone's got to sack the quarterback and i think uche's probably the guy to do it maybe anthony jennings got to do it but we need to get some more pressure on the quarterback especially a quarterback that can get the yips like tommy devito the question is can they do it and i have no idea well, I mean, okay, look at this too. Uh, he has been sacked 22 ga- times in like three games and a couple snaps. 22 times. Uh, I believe he's he was sacked, uh, so nine times against Washington, five times against Dallas, six times against the Raiders, and twice against the Jets when he only had like seven attempts out there. Um, he is being sacked uh, about one in every four dropbacks. That's wild. Uh, I think his actual number, he was sacked uh, 26% of his dropbacks against Washington, 16 against the Cowboys, but 23 against the Raiders, 22 against the the Jets. Basically, one in five times that he steps back, he should be getting sacked. That's how bad this Giants offensive line is. That's that's what we're talking about when we're saying that this is another inept offense. If the Patriots can't capitalize on that, and we saw them not capitalize on it against Washington, where uh, they are on, or Washington was on record setting pace for sacks allowed on Sam Howell. I think the Patriots got like one or zero sacks against them. It wasn't good. It was bad. And so it's another one of those situations where if the Patriots look this weakness in the eyes and say, let's not capitalize on it, they deserve to lose by 20. Now, let's say they are looking that weakness in the eyes and decide not to <laughs> uh, at least, Do they you know, want to lose by 20? Do they want? That's a question I'm going to ask you now. We're getting to like the, the climax of the podcast. Do they want to lose this game? Is the tank on? And are you, I know you, you, your team tank. So I'm guessing you, you want the Patriots to lose this game. You're going to be rooting actively yes. for the Giants, yes. correct? Absolutely. I'll be rooting for the New York football Giants. Um, I don't need it to be an embarrassing loss by any means. I would love to come out of this game where the Patriots lose by two points, uh, where uh, Demario Douglas puts up 150 yards, where uh, Pharaoh Brown goes for 100 yards and looks like a stellar blocker, where Ramondre Stevenson picks up 200 overall. I would love for the players who have potential to stand out. I would love for the Patriots to be able to leave this game and say, we have some pieces on offense that we can build around. What I also want them to do is lose so then the Patriots can be better set up from a draft perspective. That is absolutely where we are. There is no value in this team rising to 7-10 and 10 
or you know six and eleven. There's no value to that other than setting them up for another year of failure and frustration. And if all of those rumors out there around like Bill Belichick already has his eyes out the door, he's already looking somewhere else. Uh, I have a hard time seeing that like he'd like willingly like tank for the rest of the year. But I, I think that uh, I don't want him out the door. I would like for the Patriots to be able to have one last hurrah with Bill Belichick at the helm and maybe, you know, have some offensive talent. I think they just need to identify it. They need to have like a proof point kind of for Belichick to want to stay. Like if if he's looking at this going to next year and he's like, oh, there are no pieces on offense and this is an offensive league. I'd rather go to a place like the Chargers that has like a good young quarterback and like I can make the defense look good. I'd rather go to Washington where I know that like maybe the offense isn't like elite, but I can pull those pieces together and make them look competitive. He's has his eyes on the wins record and then he's going to retire. What's his fastest path to get there? Is it dissimilar to Tom Brady when he was looking at the Patriots after uh, the 2019 season and he was like, oh, I'm not going to win again here, am I? That's where he's at. That's where Belichick's looking at. He's like, what is my fastest path to get to that? What can be the most likely chance to secure that? And all those stories out there, he has one year left on his contract. I envision him being like, I also need to be sold that it's worth staying here. And so I want some of these players to stand out. I also think that it's in the Patriots' best interest to try and get a a game against the Giants uh, from a draft pick perspective. So if we were to come back in next week's podcast and the Patriots are now three and eight versus two and nine, you'll be visibly upset, correct? Furious, absolutely furious and livid um, because we know that the Patriots uh, can't win without the football gods taking away something that we hold dear. Uh, It's just so if the Patriots end up winning this game, then for whatever reason, Demario Douglas is going to be selected to fly to Mars or something like that. We won't be able to utilize him in the years to come. So, uh, no, I would be very, very sad if the Patriots won that game. Well, honestly, Rich, so would I. Uh, I'm not embracing the tank. I am on record. I'm still, I can't yeah. quite do it. However, the Jets. I do want the Patriots to lose this game. This game is yeah. a big game for a tiebreaker perspective. This is like those times when like, there are certain games when the Patriots like lose to like the Packers. It wouldn't be that big a deal. Non-conference loss wouldn't count towards AFC tiebreakers. They lost to the Colts. That was a big deal because that probably dictated who was going where for the final championship game. This is a yep. good game for the Patriots to lose. They can beat yep. the Bills down the road. They can beat the yep. Jets down the road. If they upset the Chiefs, rock on. That would be fun. Cool. But they, I, I think losing this game is in everyone's best interest because it may come down to matching records. And if they have matching records, the team with the head-to-head gets a lower draft pick. So hopefully the Patriots will drop this one. Uh, a lot Do of questions. your job. Do your job or don't do your job. Uh, again, I'm, I'm very curious to see the stands and who cheers when various good things happen for the other team. I can definitely see a scenario where there are Giants fans cheering for Patriots touchdowns and the totally. opposite happening in the stands. It'd be really fun to watch. Uh, to that end, Rich Hill, let's get the predictions and see if our dreams will come true or you think our dreams will come true. Let's see. I, uh, I stupidly thought the Patriots would beat the Colts. You did not. So <laughs> you get first pick. We're both rooting for a Pats loss. In your opinion, does it happen? So I'm very, very on the record with what I want this Patriots team to do. I want them to lose out. I want them to have as favorable a draft pick as possible. I want them to go either Drake May or Caleb Williams, whoever it is. I want them to just add talent at quarterback and maybe one of them will pan out. What I'm also on the record is that uh, this team has that air about them. Talked about this going into the Commanders game, into the Colts game where they have the opposite of the it factor. Um, 
And that is why I think that the Patriots will win this game. It's going to be hideous. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be 14 to 13. That's going to be this game. It's going to be really, really bad. Uh, but the Patriots are going to pull them off and like screw themselves out of a top three pick. That's a lock. That is how this season has gone. And it will keep going. Like the defense will show up and do a great job. They'll be fantastic. Chad Ryland is going to, you know, make a you know really uh, clutch kick at the end of the game. He's going to score and like they're going to need an extra point to win and he's going to pull it off. Like whatever it's going to be, the players are going to rise to this occasion and do just enough, just enough to infuriate Patriots fans, just enough to, to really, uh, you know, affect the offseason because these players don't want to lose. Obviously, they don't want to lose. Every year matters so much to all of these individual players. Like, they should be so mad at us that I'm saying that I want them to lose. Like, they are well within their rights to say, like, get out of here as fans. Like, get out of here. You, you shouldn't be approaching the game this way. Uh, and so they want to win. All of them want to win. Their jobs rely on it. And so, like, I want for them to do whatever is best for their careers. Um, and I think that the Patriots will do just enough. For those listening on the podcast, I am holding my fingers just the closest amount apart from each other. I think the Patriots will do just enough to pull this one off. 14 to 13 Patriots to follow the 10 to 6 barn burner we had a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I, too, unfortunately, the Patriots win this game. Um, but unlike you, I think this is going to be like there's, there's always one game, it seems, every season or they just blow the doors off somebody for no reason. They, the, other, the other quarterbacks <laughs> play terribly. You know, they go three and out with a fumble on their opening drive. The Patriots score right away. It's like a pick six. It's a fumble return for a touchdown. It's a punt return for a touchdown. Points just kind of come in droves. Uh, Belichick hasn't been great after the bye week the past couple of years, which is a weird stat to think about, but he hasn't been. But the Giants are just a bad team. They're just a very bad team. They're the only team yep. worse than the Patriots. And this could be a scenario where talk all week about Bill Belichick's gone. He's going to get traded. Mac Jones is going to get benched. He should ask for his release. He's lost the locker room, blah, blah, blah. This yep. is a classic, like, bounce back. Let's blow the doors off from 27 to 10 kind of thing and make this game over in the Let's third quarter. So I, I see, like, a 27 to 10 Patriots win just to confuse everybody enough for, like, five days <laughs> until the next week when they get smacked around again. Yeah. It's going to be just like that bills game where it's like, did they figure it out? Yeah. Have they, have they solved their offensive woes? And uh, yeah, then they'll just lose out for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. I would love for us both to be wrong. I would love for us to regroup next week on our next podcast and say, wow, Patriots, uh, or maybe actually I'm, we're both choosing the Patriots to win. So yeah. <laughs> I don't I, I don't, are we reverse jinxing them? That's very possible. Uh, I, I would love for, uh, to be wrong in the macro sense that the Patriots are <laughs> heading in the right direction. Uh, Cause I feel like both of us are saying that these are going to be damning victories <laughs> that they're going to win to the detriment of the overall team and to everyone's hopes and dreams. Um, I would love for them to win and have it be because they're, uh, they're on the up and ups, not because they're just going to frustrate people. Um, so yeah, I hope we're, uh, I hope we're right on the outcome of the game and wrong for the reasons. That's again, again. Would I be happy the Patriots win? Like, I'm not going to be upset if they win, like you are. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see the, I'm going to see the value uh, in a, in a good loss here, and and feel like it's a nice way to kind of come into the holiday season, just knowing even when you lose, you still kind of win. It's nice. Yeah. That's, that's one big plus of the season. Like even the losses are wins and there's no pressure. I'm never nervous before a game. I'm not sweating never. out the results. I'm not watching what the Chiefs are doing. I'm just watching a game and maybe something good happens and you can start building for next year. But it's Thanksgiving week, Rich. So all good at the end of the day. Going to have a good meal. Going to take a nap. 
going to watch the Lions, who are actually good this year. The one o'clock <laughs> game is going to matter. A lot of weird things happening. Uh, could be a lot worse. Yeah, Alec, my, my last thought for you, um, it being Thanksgiving and all, what are you thankful for with your Patriots fandom right now? I'm thankful that this isn't a conversation I've been having with you every year since I was six years old, Rich Hill. Yes. There are Lions fans out there who are like 31 years old who weren't even alive the last time the Lions won a playoff game. This conversation we're having is the norm for like 20 NFL teams. And yep. the fact that we're living through it for the for some people for the first time literally in their entire lives, yep. that's a wonderful thing. So I'm very thankful to have some that perspective. Oh, totally. I, I am thankful for the exact same thing. I like I'm thankful that my frustration is rooted in the fact that I want Bill Belichick to have the all-time wins record, and I want him to do it with New England. I don't want him to have to go somewhere else to get that record because like he's a history guy. He wants that number one spot. And I would love for him to be in a position where the Patriots are the team where he could achieve that. Um, you know, two years ago, we thought that was possible. Now, looks like it's going to take another rebuild to get there. Um, but I am so thankful for, you know, the past 20 plus years of Patriots success that this is the anomaly. It is where, uh, you know, as you said, we haven't been following years of just poor, poor play. We can always just be like, you know what? I can watch 2016 Super Bowl highlights. I can watch that 28 to three and I'll be comforted and be fine. I can watch 2014 Malcolm go. Like I can do all of those things and I'll be fine. I'll be okay. The Patriots will rebuild. Things are cyclical. It just takes finding another quarterback for them to be competitive. Um, But you know, I just want this team to be going in the right direction. And that's where a lot of the frustration is coming from. It's because we love this team so much, Alec. Um, but that's my final thought uh, on this week as we head into Thanksgiving. Alec, do you have anything else you want to cover? No, that's it. Thank you. Happy, buddy. Happy, happy, happy. Happy to all of our listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great time watching football. And don't forget the most important part of Thanksgiving, the afternoon post-turkey nap. Hope it's all enjoyed. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See you. Later. Later.